0: This podcast is sponsored by Barclay Estates and Management Bristol. Whether you're a landlord or a tenant, Barclay Estates and Management are committed to providing you with the best possible service. We provide a hassle-free service for landlords and access to properties all over Bristol and the surrounding areas.
1: Three people in the podcast. <laughs>
2: Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robins Reunited. We are in the John Attio classroom here at the High Performance Centre on the Friday before the, uh, the Stars of the 60s are celebrated at Ashton Gate against Peterborough. Uh, I've got a guest with me today, which is Mike Gibson, but unfortunately Tony Ford uh, is unable to make it. But standing in for him, a late substitution is Neil Palmer, who is the coordinator for the Former Players
1: Association and uh, behind this event. So, Neil, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks, Patch. A very very disappointing... um replacement but never mind <laughs> a replacement nonetheless i apologize for that yeah, yeah. no not yeah. a problem but
2: um, it's fantastic isn't it to see uh, these guys back here well at the high performance center some of them for the first time to see what the facilities are like here and then tomorrow at ashton gate and it's important as as we know to celebrate our history of bristol
1: city it is indeed i mean particularly some of the six you know the 60s lads i think we all know about the 70s and i think the 60s lads Maybe a little bit forgotten, perhaps. Um, and I think it's just, I just want the club to, which they have done, recognise their, their careers. They are, part of the, they are part of this club and uh, they're very, very important to support us and to the club. Yeah, exactly.
2: So having had many great goalkeepers over the years, I've got a few names here to read out. Hugh Monteith, George Toon, Harry Clay, Frank Vallis, Tony Cook, Bill Coggins, John Shaw, Ray Cashley... Adriano Basso, Steve Phillips, Keith Welsh—the list goes on and on—and obviously up to the up to Dan Bentley yeah. um, at the moment. Um, where does this man,
1: Mike Gibson, rank for you, Neil? Well, no pressure. No pressure at all. I'm not even looking. At, I'm not even looking at him. Don't answer. Um, Mike Gibson is the best keeper we've we've ever had, with, without doubt, and no disrespect to any others. Because not only that, Mike is a massive part of this football club. People like Steve Phillips will open you say he was so important to, it, to his career, as he has to an awful lot of young players um, with the work that Mike has done. You know, not only a goalkeeper, but done a tremendous job at this football club under some very difficult circumstances back in the day, yeah.
2: Right, let's bring Mike into the conversation. Mike Gibson, born in Derby in 1939, uh, 377 appearances and 107 clean sheets for Bristol City, signed by Fred Ford from Shrewsbury for £6,000. What do you remember about the signing for Bristol City?
0: That's going back, I think, uh, Lionel Smart, And uh, Fred watched me at Peterborough on the night, um, I think it was ankle deep in mud. And uh, (laughs) we were struggling, (laughs) Shrewsbury was struggling against relegation, but we got a nil nil draw there. And I had one of the games you dream of, (laughs) you have probably twice in a career. And uh, and, uh, well, Lionel and Fred, he'd driven over to Peterborough in his little Morris Ford. Overnight, and uh, as I say, and uh, he well, next day I got back to uh, Shrewsbury, and then the manager had me and Arthur Rowley and said, Bristol City are interested in signing me. Right. And of course, they had two keepers at the time Paul Miller, who there wasn't a lot to choose between us, we're in and out the side. Right early on but I managed to establish myself but Paul was a, a good keeper as well and unfortunately he, he drowned in a swimming accident oh, wow. at um, wow. Trenton Gardens the, the summer that I came to Bristol wow. so they were without a keeper and Alan Buzzell, one of the um, well well known keeper uh, was at Walsall around uh, the Midlands mm. uh, Shrewsbury signed in but I came here and um, as I say it was uh, after leaving Shrewsbury, and mm. seeing Bristol City's ground and uh, the facilities, mm. compared with Shrewsbury, right. um, they were far greater.
2: Right.
0: When you look round to... <laughs> I
2: was going to say, and you mentioned that, that yeah. the facilities. Obviously, we're here at the High Performance Centre. I'm sure you've been to Ashton Gate uh, you know, since its redevelopment, but it, it's, it's a fantastic facility.
0: Well, like, I'm having a job to take it all in at the moment. I'm sure. it's... Uh, I think well, it's a dream, isn't it? it's, yeah, a, it's fantastic. You know, it's a...
2: your, your first appearance was at home to Crystal Palace in 1963. Um, fond memories of making it, making your debut. Who was in the Who was in the back line then? In, back in 1963, oh, some of I
0: the team... Thresher was left back. Jack Connor. I don't know whether Gordon Lowe played on the right back. Could have been Alec Briggs.
2: Yeah, we've got. Um, so during that season, we're looking at a picture now on the screen here of the 1964-65 season. Um, and during that season, your understanding with centre half Jack Connor was was key to success. I understand. What was that? What was that understanding of? How would you How would you describe that relationship and why it was so important?
0: Uh, it is very important. I agree, but um, it's just a thing. We were very close mates in the air, well, off the field as well, but it's an understanding, you can't understand... Well, you, it just, you click. Yeah. And um, I always remember...
2: Um, that you know where he's going to be, yeah, he knows where you're going to L- be, he L- knows L- where
0: Les L- Bardley once was quoted as saying, Fred had said, Fred Ford, he says... Um, if 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 he picks Jack, he's got to pick me at the same time because we understand each other that <laughs> like way. Like Ant and Dec. Uh, Yeah, <laughs> but that was yeah. He quoted that yeah, Fred. But Fred was always full of quips like that. Yeah. Was, yeah.
2: So 1964-65, that promotion season. Uh, your memories of that game uh, uh, against Oldham, where I think it was one nil, and we had to get one more goal uh, to go up automatic promotion and there was a goal in the 83rd minute from John Attio John
0: Attio yeah, yeah so
2: there was that last sort of seven minutes plus, plus stoppage time he, um, must have been a very nervous moment for you it
0: was I was frightened to death <laughs> <laughs> if you might say there was so much on it and uh, yeah it was a very nervous time but fortunately I um I didn't get a lot to do, which I was relieved about. <laughs> the ball was kept out of your way. Yeah. <laughs> so the team that day was Mike
2: Gibson, Tony Ford, Alec Briggs, Chuck Drury, Jack Connor, Gordon Lowe, Jerry Sharp, John Attio, Terry Bush, Brian Clark, and Lou Peters. Lots of City fans, if not every City fan, will know who John Attio is. Mm-hmm. Um, describe what it was like to play with John Attio in the team.
0: Um, well, I played against him a, a couple of times at uh, he score past the you. Trues re- <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was very, uh, very, very clever player, very brainy, and he was very shrewd, really. Mm. And uh, well, such a good player as well, as I say, scoring goals and yeah. uh, Big John. Great to have an outlet like that. I yeah, I mean, uh, we knew he, he could always score a goal if you needed mm. it, and. Uh,
2: you were known as a hero to the fans. You always waved to the East End, who chanted your name, and swung on the crossbar and marked the six yard line before each game. Was that
0: something that just became a bit of a, a habit or a superstition? I'd always done it, even when I was at Shrewsbury mark the four paces and draw the line, and mm. um, because other pitchers. In those days it was so muddy. Yeah. Before long you lost the you lost the markings. And so you had to have a bear in where you were. But um the the fans behind the um the covered end, they started counting out the paces. Oh, okay, fun. And so when I got to the 4th, I I jumped up and touched the crossbar and I used to get a cheer from them. And really, we had a great rapport with the, um, with the fans after that. I love that. Even when we went away, the few that went away asked me to carry on doing it like away. And uh, it's surprising how it lifts you. Even before the game, you think we've well, got this crowd behind yeah. me. And uh, yeah, it was a great thing to happen, you know. And, I've got
2: a description here of you are a muscular, raw-boned keeper, invariably calm and adept at making saves with any part of your anatomy. <laughs> um, even though you are not very tall, at five foot nine. So, uh, what's, what was the uh, what was one of your favourite saves that you that you ever made? Any that stick out in a memory for you? Any one that um, that you can tell us?
0: No so many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. How
2: about one from a, a, a particular striker?
0: Well, there was mind you, I'm going up non-league now. Yeah, and that was playing against Bath City. Okay. And uh, Cannonball Fleming. I M- was I playing know, for non Borough. I remember Cannon Ball, but. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, Fleming, <laughs> it, it, Cannonball Fleming. It was known as. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, that was must have been uh, late f- late fifties because yeah. I was playing uh, for non Borough before right. I went to Shrewsbury. Okay. And he hit one at Bath, and how uh, I got across to it. and... Uh, Brilliant, but uh,
2: acrobatic and brave, and inspired sense of timing.
0: You should, would, would that be an
2: accurate description of your goalkeeping prowess?
0: I was very good at one-on-ones. Okay, and uh, and uh, I used to play well off my line, which is, I mean, it's coming now. That, I mean, they play, they join up playing football now, yeah. don't they, the, the keepers? But uh, yeah, and um, I mean, you could go out the area when I first played, and. Um, if a player was over the top and you missed time, if you were well outside the box and you, you mistimed it, it getting out there. But at my time, it was pretty good. But I always remember once against Bournemouth at Shrewsbury, I timed it a little bit, but I was way outside the box. And uh, he knocked it past me and I just grabbed round the waist and it was just a free kick. <laughs> I'd have been sent off today. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but no, uh, that was one of my strengths was... Uh, one-on-ones and uh, going at the feet when you
2: were coming out for a cross or a a corner or something like that did you always did you always attempt to catch it because there's a lot of punching in the game now from goalkeepers
0: don't talk to me about that well let's 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 cover it let's cover (laughs) it no I I feel that um, yeah I feel that uh, I look at goalkeepers today and and I admit they get it well out the danger area now Mm. really which uh, and, it's all the about bo- and the balls do move, yeah, but then there's times when they punch and do it too too much, mm. and uh, yeah well, they should have caught that mm. you know and uh, it's been coached into them to get it out of the danger zone, and it's part of the coaching really, and I've nothing against it because mm. I think it's very beneficial to be able to get it out of the danger zone yeah but uh, but it looks terrible at times if it can be from if it can be
2: caught, yeah, exactly. So we've, we mentioned some ex-Bristol City goalkeepers, who who have you seen in the last sort of 40-50 years as a goalkeeper that you think that's the best goalkeeper in the world?
0: Well oh, the best in the world, it was Banksy, yeah. his positional sense was unbelievable, Banksy. Mm. I mean he, he hardly used to watch him, rarely had to dive around, mm. he, uh, Brilliant. He, he read the... He read the situation so well, and he positioned himself so well. He, um, no, I think Banks. He was and Pat Jennings as well. Okay. When I was playing, I played against Pat a few
2: times. Well, I was wanting to ask Tony Ford about Pat Jennings saving his penalty, yeah. but um, we we'll have to do that another another time, because yeah. <laughs> he did. Because that game, it was the second leg at, at White Hart yeah, Lane, Tom,
0: yeah.
2: and he missed I the penalty. It. Uh, but it was asked to be retaken but yeah, he didn't take
0: and Crowy nearly yeah. hit the corner flag
2: yeah that's the one <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask him I don't know why he didn't take the penalty the the retake but there we go no no
0: no this is a, I think Crowe said I'll give it here and that's kind of Crowe <laughs> go.
2: give it here and then when he nearly hit the flag oh, oh. Uh, brilliant we're looking at a picture on the screen here now of you uh, in training with a boxing, bo- boxing ball of some sort there yeah, is that your right. sort of usual training routine you're certainly looking to punch there, aren't
0: you, rather than yeah, catch? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, there's times when you had to punch, especially at my height. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it, you had to choose between when you were going to catch, but there is times when you've got to yeah. punch because you're under pressure.
2: Is that the gym at uh, Ashton Gate, or...?
0: It is, yeah.
2: That's the... Um, facilities are a bit different now. The old listen <laughs> miss- <laughs> not yeah and... Uh, mm.
1: I'll, uh, I'll defer to Neil. Neil,
2: have you got any questions for
1: Mike? Well, I, I remember speaking to Mike ages ago, and he, he was telling me about, about going to Wembley. And I remember when you said that you played with the under, when the youth team, I think, with England, you missed out on playing at Wembley, and then you missed out in that famous semi final against Spurs. Yeah. But then you went back with Terry Cooper, and you went back with. The freight rover, and I wondered what that was like for you to actually, although you weren't playing, but you were still part of yeah, the that, setup. Yeah, but I'd you say, were actually—that well, uh, you were actually
0: at Wembley. I was Wembley. running the reserves at the time, and yeah. I had to drive the minibus for one round the Wembley Stadium. Yeah, but uh, yeah. talking about Terry Cooper, and I look at this, and I go, God, yeah. these facilities, because uh, you had the. Um, the players that tore the contracts up the other t- yeah, a few weeks eight, ago. Eight, yeah. mm. But after that, the club nearly went bust, and Terry took over as manager. Mm-hmm. He asked me to run the reserves. He got um, Bob Twyford in as secretary, and he got the uh, physio in. And I tell you what, that's all that run the, t- run the club then. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we wanted to buy a tie-up, well, the trainer wanted to buy any tie-ups, he had to get three quotes... <laughs> to buy him and that's how hard it was when Terry yeah. took over and I, a lot of people don't realise how well Terry Cooper did for this club because mm. there was no money there was nothing mm. after that and then, and then when you see this you think oh I wish Terry could see it yeah you know I mean because he was one of the people that helped save the club at the time and he was such a a nice great fella and later on, as I say, he got more stuff in, as the like uh, Clive Middlemas, who was a great fella, and mm-hmm. and the the built from. I mean, it was fourth division days i uh, just and uh, no money at all to spend. And uh, yeah, but uh, but now, cool, they've certainly come a long way. The club,
2: yeah, and it's thanks to people like yourself, uh, as you mentioned there, the Ashton Gate Eight played a massive part in the history of Bristol City with 377 appearances, so uh Mike, just say thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back to Ashton Gate for tomorrow's game, which I think you, we, we mentioned Peterborough at the very start of the podcast. But it's against Peterborough.
0: Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah that yeah. was a uh...
2: good segue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, and um, yeah, enjoy so the game. So Nigel tomorrow.
0: wants me to play against Peterborough. I keep clean sheets again Absolutely.
2: <laughs> well, we'll mention that. We'll mention that. We'll see what we can do. Thank you so much. No, for your thank time. you, Patch, Take care. Nice, Patch. I hope
0: it comes over all right. Yeah.